Yeah, it was a great start. We work as a team together uh, from the first minutes of the game and like get rewarded with a win because of hard working and all together. Yeah, we're like talking every day about it that we need to like work hard from right from the start and uh, full 60 minutes, no rest, nowhere. Maybe just in the bench a little bit, but on the ice you need to give 100% that what we're doing right now. Alexei Toropchenko, after a good win tonight for the St. Louis Blues, a 3-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks at the Honda Center, and the Blues are on a roll against the Ducks. They were 3-0 last year. They have now won five straight head-to-head -head games. They've got points in six straight games. They've only had one regulation loss in the last 10 games to Anaheim. And the St. Louis Blues are 14-3-3 in their last 20 games head-to-head -head against the Anaheim Ducks after the 3-1 victory last night. That saw goals from Jake Neighbors, a power play goal from Pablo Butchnevich, and another goal from Alexei Torupchenko. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring all the breakdown that you need from the Blues game from the night before. It was a fun night before we get into the locker room and all the reaction. Let's get the highlights. Looking for Saad. That's blocked away by Vakaninen. And the Ducks break to center. Carlson to the right side. Petrano into the Blues end. Sends it down into the corner. Tried to walk it to the front of the net. Did knock it out of the air and score. Vakaninen might have put that in as it came up into the air. And he knocked it down on the ice and it found its way in. A bit of a wacky goal. Oh, and it might have gone off the glove of Hofer as well. 11.41 to go in the first one, nothing Anaheim. At 11.46 on the clock, the play was offside, no goal. Blues intercepted, Sundquist far wing, score! Neighbors! Goals in back-to-back -back games for the first time in his career. On a great steal by Sundquist with the assist. one nothing Blues, 10.35 to go in the first. Blues go to their third power play. Pretty much right in a row. Karunovic, nice job working the puck out. Kairou on the back door. They score! Butchnevich put it in on a great feed from Kairou. 2 nothing. St. Louis. They get a power play goal. 3.26 to go in the first period. And Pavel Butchnevich has three of the four power play goals for the Blues this season. Proved with a wrist shot. Whoa, man. Gibson never saw it. That thing sailed just wide. Centered. On a spin move, Torachenko, he scores! It was centered by Hayes, and Torachenko found it off at Anaheim skate. 3 nothing Blues, 14-21 to go, second period. Ducks get it, nice job on the near side. Puts Navich tied up, McTavish, but now McTavish gets it back and finds the net. Ofer lead forward, McTavish backhands it under the bar, the Ducks are on the board. 11-13 to go in the second, it's 3-1. Ducks go to bring it in, they get it into the middle. Kalorn with a shot on, and Hofer. Tonight, Kalorn on a breakaway. Big time save at the right moment by Hofer. Terry in behind the net, quick feed, and Hofer, big save. As he denied the shot coming from San Carrick. Anaheim will move it up ahead, Kalorn getting to the net with McTavish. They shoot it on, and that's a brilliant ankle save from Hofer. The final five seconds. Tick off the clock, and that'll do it. 
You can bring out the Zamboni. The St. Louis Blues beat the Anaheim Ducks by a score of 3-1 to one tonight. They leapfrog a couple of teams in the standings, and they'll look to go to even 500 on this road trip on Wednesday night in Arizona. Well, it was a terrific goal by Jake, and we caught up with both Oscar Sundquist and Jake Neighbors and had them describe the goal from their perspectives. This gives you a really good idea of how connected guys are on the ice with knowing how each other plays in terms of how to find each other for a goal. Uh, first of all, great great forechecking by, by Jake and uh, stressing stressing them and making mistakes, and I kind of saw that, that uh, Killorn wanted to go, go in the middle, and so I uh, just stopped and um, I mean he put it right right on my tape so um, uh, so saw Jake opening up and uh, you know I don't think I don't think I would beat him with a with a shot uh, Gibson when he when he sees me uh, so try to try to move him side to side a little bit and uh, you know great shot by Jake and uh, it's good to see him uh, see him heating up. Um, tonight was just sunny with a great F3 and, and just found me on the backside there. So, I mean, I knew he had a guy fronting him, and um, if I could get myself available, he was going to make the play. So kind of just tried to slide to the backside there, and, um, you know, Sonny's a passer, so I knew he'd slide it over. Well, after the first two games of the road trip, those highlights were big, and the Blues got the victory. They lost 5-1 to one on the first game in San Jose. Same score down in Los Angeles before they headed to Anaheim last night and got the victory. Now, the victory gives them a chance to finish this four-game road trip at 500 with a 2-2 two and two record. It was a huge victory just in terms of the standings in the early season. The Blues came in fifth in the Central Division with 17 points. In the Western Conference, you had Seattle, you had Anaheim, and you had your Central Division opponent, the Arizona Coyotes, one point ahead of you. Well, the St. Louis Blues got the victory, and they jumped to fourth in the Central Division and reclaimed the top wild card spot with the two points. Let's check in with the head coach of the St. Louis Blues, a much happier head coach after the victory, Craig Berube. Yeah, a good solid game by everybody, I think. Um, had a good mindset going into the game, you know. We were, um, I thought in the first period we did a great job of reloading and killing plays, and we are tight, and, um, you know, our four check was really good. Uh, kind of set the tone for the game. And that's when we're at, we're at our best. That's when we've had success this year is when we're a hard-working team. Special teams are good tonight. I thought uh, power play deserved more than one. Uh, they, they were good, and uh, penalty kill was solid. Net front, you know, he does a great job. <clears throat> Sonny in the past, when he was here before, we've used him there in situations. Um, you know, Sonny's, Sonny's a kind of a guy you can use in all situations. Uh, you know, he's a very smart player and um, does the little things right. Jake had a great game, you know. He can even, you know, he, I know he scored a goal, and had a couple of other opportunities, but he was skating really well tonight, strong on pucks, doing all the little things right. You know, he's starting to get his legs under him a little bit. You know, he looked quicker tonight than he normally does, so that's a good sign. Let's stay in the locker room and hear from Jake Neighbors. We're not a team that's that's going to win hockey games if we're not outworking the opponent, so, um, you know, we're at our best when we're, we're skating, we're forechecking, backchecking, applying pressure, and, um, you know, I thought we were all over him. I think their systematic goal is just being in the right spot and getting rewarded for it. I think, you know, last night was a great play by, you know, Leds and Blazer to get the puck out. And then um, tonight was just sunny with a great F3 and, and just found me on the backside there. So I think they're systematic goals. I'm just benefiting from my teammates. Uh, right off the bat, I was put on the PK, which is obviously more responsibility and an important role on a hockey team. So I take pride in that and, and try to be effective in that role. And, um, you know, if I'm going to get out there for a power play shift, it's, uh, you know, like I said, just 
be a supporting cast member to, to those guys that make great plays all the time on that unit. So, um, you know, wherever I can chip in as a teammate, I'm, I'm willing to do it. Here's some post-game reaction from Oscar Sundquist. Uh, we stepped up uh, in our game all over ice today, I feel like. Uh, maybe made a few mistakes that we that we can clean up, but uh, overall, uh, much better. When we're forechecking like we do today and, and we're connected and, and, uh, and, you know, we're winning a lot of puck battles and we're getting pucks back and... Uh, I feel like that's uh, that's how we how we're creating a really some really good scoring chances. So uh, that that hasn't been the last two games, and uh, it was back today. So uh, we need to we need to keep uh, keep working on that and staying staying on that forecheck game. Just just getting our confidence back, and and you know we've been having trouble scoring last last few games, and uh, getting back with uh, with with three goals tonight, and and. Uh, and getting getting all the lines contributing, and it's, it's it's big for us, and uh, you know, it's it's good for our confidence to 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 get back on the on the winning track. Right after the game, Joe Vitale helped break down the game. He looked at the different line changes that the St. Louis Blues had. He looked at the special teams, and he started with the importance of how this game tonight was from a standings aspect. These are the nights when you have games in hand as you look at the standings. You know that there are going to be some quieter nights around the league. These are the ones you really got to know. And okay, those games in hand. If you don't end up winning them, they don't really mean much. And so this was one of those one of those Sunday evenings where a lot of teams were idle and you knew you could make a pay if you played a certain way. And I think that's what the St. Louis Blues did here. You know, this was a this was not a blow your socks off type of victory. We didn't see random scoring chances at every moment of different games. We didn't see backdoor saves by Joel. This was a pretty methodical, I would say, routine win. And and almost in a way for Craig Berube, maybe one of the top wins he's had all season because of the way the team started and the way they carry that play through 60 minutes. That's that's winning hockey, where you start out strong, you get on the board early, and you really don't allow the other team to get into the game at all. That that was my biggest takeaway, was you know, you get on the board early with the Jake Neighbors goal, you back it up with the power play goal, but you're still you're still in a hockey game. I mean the Anaheim Ducks, as we talked about, are a team that come from behind a ton. Uh, and their victories throughout this season, they've had the, one of the most third-period successes of any team across the league, and you knew you had to be strong through three periods. I loved the way it was a back-and-forth second. So you win the first, a back-and-forth second. Now was going to be the test. How do you come out in the third, and how do you continue to establish your play and push the play towards Anaheim to not allow them to get to the game? Anaheim had nothing in the third. I mean, that was a suffocating style of hockey. Every time they dumped it in, Joel Hofer's coming out playing it. It's a good one-touch first pass, and they're out of the zone. Uh, Anaheim dumps it in. It's a quick shoulder check, D to D, D to center, whatever. Two passes, and boom, you're out of the zone again. It's an exhausting style for Anaheim to continually play that way, and you feel like you're just in a track meet where it's back and forth. You're not doing anything, and that could be very frustrating. You can see through the body language of the Ducks as that period continued to wane on. They just knew they had no hope. They had no prayer, even six on five there was no shots no threat at the net and the blues just did an incredible job suffocating the life right out of the anaheim ducks and really not allowing any kind of great a's in front of them third period of the game uh, against the los angeles kings the blues made line changes they stuck with those line changes from a forward standpoint tonight throughout the whole game kyra moved back with thomas and butch navich sod and shen were joined by verona kapanen was put together with hayes and torepchenko and then with Alexandrov coming in for the nicked-up Sammy Blade, joined Sundquist and Neighbors. How do you think that those line changes impacted not just the third period against the Kings, 
but then into tonight's game for the success they found. Well, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, Craig Brewer wanted to stick with, the Thomas line especially. I thought that the first minute of that second period, they really came out flying. It was three grade-A chances, two for Kyrou, one for Thomas right off the hop, and I think the Anaheim Ducks knew they were in a fight, and I think that that was a, a shift that certainly set the tone in the second period. You know, I, I like the balance of these four lines right now. Uh, you know, you got the Thomas, Kyrou, and, of course, the Buchnevich. ton of skill up top. Uh, Braden Shen's grouping, you just know exactly what you're going to get out of them with Saad and Kasperi Kapanen, just three veterans across the board. Uh, that, that misfit line's kind of funny to me, and I'll call it the misfit line or the goofy line. I forget what exact word he used, but you got big Kevin Hayes, kind of goofy Kevin Hayes in the middle. Uh, Verana, a lot of times on his wing, he's more of a uh, perimeter shooter, kind of looking for, for some noise in the weeds, and then you got Torpchenko, who's still working on his English as well, and a great goal here tonight from Kevin Hayes. So that line was, was, was terrific. Very impactful, not only the Torpchenko 5-on-5 goal, but Kevin Hayes was incredible on the dot, played really strong defensive hockey, and he got the assist on that Torpchenko goal. And, and how about that fourth line, getting things rocking and rolling here with Jake Neighbors. Uh, first time in his career, as you mentioned, Curbs. Goals in back-to-back games. Of course, he scored late in the L.A. game last night. He scores early in the first period tonight with a great primary assist from Oscar Sundquist and a great spot to pick off that pass from Kalorn. So you look at this depth, you look at the balance, Every line chipped in tonight. Every D pairing chipped in. We just heard from Scott Perunovich, uh, Nick Letty, and Colton Pareko did a great job shutting down the Vetrano line. And, and how about Tori Groove and Justin Falk? They continue to do one thing very well this year, even when the offense isn't there, and that's close out plays quickly. They've been in and out of their zone so fast. Great passing, great execution. Uh, there was really no... There were no people that were hanging on side. There was no one you had to drag into the fight. There were no spectators. There were no passengers. Everyone, including the goaltender here tonight, a very well-balanced attack where the Anaheim Ducks just really never had any life. You know, Torepchenko finished with six shot attempts, five on net. He had seven shots that he took in the last game in L.A. blocked. So a lot of shot attempts for Alexei Torepchenko here. Last thing for you on this game tonight. This was a game where the Blues won the special teams battle. Yeah. The game-winning goal was a power play goal. We saw because the first penalty that was drawn was a high-sticking that was taken on Oscar Sundquist. So Jake Neighbors came out on the power play. We saw Oscar Sundquist on the power play. Those two guys replacing Brandon Saad. The, the pairings are, I'm sorry, the groupings were juggled up a little bit. But it wasn't just the power play goal that they got, Joe. It was a really important 41-second 5-1-3. Yeah. You know, in the first period that the St. Louis Blues killed, that allowed it to stay a, a 2 nothing game. And, and that penalty kill at that moment is as big as anything in the game. You know what? The 5-on-3, you know, hybrid little kill they made, that was huge. I think that the fact that Anaheim got in so much penalty trouble early on, I think it just took the energy out of their game. I think they came ready to play here, but they spent a, a majority of that first period killing penalties, including that double minor. You know, I think the most impressive thing about the special teams here tonight, Curbs, was the response after they did not score on that double minor. They went four minutes straight, and they do not capitalize when McTavish kind of got the high stick up on Oscar Sundquist. And I even said on the air, you know, you don't score on this five-on-four for four minutes how are they going to respond? It was a one nothing game at the time. Keep in mind, 
and this is where you expect the home team, after killing off a five-on-four for four straight minutes, to come with a hard five-on-five push. But what do the Blues do? They come right back to the offensive zone. They get after it five-on-five. Buchnevich drives in that, draws another penalty, and that's where they capitalize on the five-on-four. So to me, that, that was kind of a turning moment in the game where I think they could have allowed that the wind to come right out of their sails there after feeling bad for themselves and licking their wounds coming back to the bench of not scoring five-on-four. He had four straight minutes, and he didn't really generate a whole lot. But what do they do? They go right back on the, the power play, and then, of course, they capitalize with Buchnevich on the back door from Scott Prunovich and Jordan Kyra for terrific backhander uh, right to the back door. So to me, that was uh, a lot of great moments from special teams here tonight. But to me, that was officially the turning moment uh, where the power play got it done. All right, what do you have the Bud Light three stars and your work boots tonight? Uh, easily tonight, the work boots go to Oscar Sunquist. Uh, no question, he was all over the place. He was like a rag doll out there. Number three, let's give a little love to Anaheim McTavish. I thought he looked good. He had the goal for Anaheim. Uh, number two, let's go with Joel Hofer. It was steady, and I like Pavel Buchnevich's game. Not only the power play goal like we talked about, he drew two penalties. He was certainly an engine. He was scooting all over the ice here tonight. So number 89 with the number one star. All right, let's get a different perspective on the game. We check in with Tim Woodburn. Veteran hockey broadcaster of 13 years. He's covered major and minor league sports for 30 years. And here's Tim's look at last night's victory. Hey, Chris. Nice 3-1 victory tonight by the St. Louis Blues at Anaheim over the Ducks. Looking for trends with the power play these days. I mean, if the season ended prior to tonight's game, the Blues would have the worst power play percentage of any team in NHL history. And despite that, they have a winning record. I mean, Washington's barely ahead of them in the power play standings, and they've only lost four of their first 15. So it's not everything, but it is a lot. And you saw some trends tonight that showed that maybe this thing is slowly starting to turn the tide. Scott Perunovich is an excellent tape-to-tape passer. I really like him on the right circle. They scored a hard-fought goal tonight in deep. They drew some four-checking penalties tonight, which is not something that's exactly been their trademark this year. And Joel Holford, terrific in net. But, you know, the power play, it's got to go one period of time, one shift at a time. 16 of the Blues' 18 skaters tonight registered time on the power play. I mean, this is a team that only scored three of their first 43 goals of the season on the power play. So that was a nice trend to see, and hopefully it continues. Reporting for the Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Tim, thank you very much. Time now for my three takeaways of the game, and the first takeaway is the opening of the second period. One of the keys to the game happens to be the way the St. Louis Blues started each period. We saw the last two games get away from the Blues because of it. Well, they opened up the second period with a 2-0 lead and had four shots on goal in the first 94 seconds of the period. That was a big start. But then they got the pushback from Anaheim, and Joe Hofer had a huge save on a Killorn breakaway and then had to make two more big saves in the next three minutes. So by the first four minutes and 30 seconds of the second period, both teams had a push. The Blues came out strong. They got the goaltending that they needed to keep the 2-0 lead, and they built it from there, eventually at 539, getting the 3-0 goal from Alexei Toropchenko. My second takeaway of the game, you've got to look at once again, the Blues had a successful challenge. Early in the game at 8-14, the Anaheim Ducks scored a goal. The St. Louis Blues challenged it for offside. It was clearly offside. Another great entry clip done by the Blues video crew of Daryl Seward and Elliot Mondu. They called the bench. The bench said, yep, it's offside. The Blues challenged it. They were successful. The goal from the Ducks was negated, and Jake Neighbors would put the Blues on top just about a minute later. So those kind of offside challenges that the Blues have been very successful successful on this season have been huge. They've been successful now on four challenges. Only one challenge have they failed on 
but that challenge early in the first period was a huge key to the game. And my final takeaway from last night's game, man, you've just got to look at Oscar Sundquist and the way he plays the game. He played just over 12 minutes. He was close to 50% on faceoffs. He had an assist. He was plus one. He just missed an empty net goal late in the game. He had three shot attempts. Now, they didn't credit him with hits, but I don't know how they chart hits out in Anaheim. But Oscar Sundquist was an absolute hound of the puck. You go back to the fact that when he was with the St. Louis Blues in the first stint, Craig Berube called him the head of the snake. This team went as Oscar Sundquist And even though he only played just over 12 minutes, you can see that he clearly led the Blues into the battle. And he was put on the ice for a lot of defensive zone situations when the Blues went with two centers on faceoffs back in their own end. Another huge game for Oscar Sundquist. And it is still amazing to me that with him having been a free agent, and I know he was coming off of injuries, how there wasn't much more of a demand for his services with some teams around the National Hockey League. But if you're a Blues fan, you've got to be glad there wasn't because it is fantastic to see that grind and grit of Oscar Sundquist back in a blue note and he had a terrific terrific game last night and again as Joe mentioned he was his work boots. Well that wraps this one up as the Blues have now played three of their four games on this road trip. They'll try to get back to an even two and two on the road trip Wednesday night at Mullet Arena against the Arizona Coyotes and of course we will have a curbside reaction podcast for you. That's how you can wake up on Thanksgiving morning. Thanks for tuning in. We bring you curbside reaction your next day postgame podcast. We bring it to you each and every morning after the St. Louis Blues play. If you missed any part of the game, you get all the highlights and all the reaction of your favorite National Hockey League team, the St. Louis Blues. I'm Chris Kerber. Have a great start to your week, everybody, and we will see you at the rink.